your pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter mike richmond you are listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts and also on youtube thanks for making this show your first listen it's coming at you monday through friday so why not make it your first listen tell your friends to do the same as locked on blazers your team every day as i hit my intro I missed the show this week. Life comes up. I rarely do it. I'm not going to brag about doing it all the time. It's literally the job. But I missed. I missed. You are listening to. Uh, you are listening to Wednesday, April 26th show coming out a little bit late. I apologize for it. Um, coming out way late, a full day late. Uh, my bad. We're we'll keep it rolling along. We do we do a bunch of these. Life got in the way. But today's show uh, to make up for it, or just because that's what we do. Really fun show. Blazers G League team. Finally, 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 return of a G League team for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, RIP the Idaho Stampede. Welcome the North Portland Trail Blazers to the mix. We'll talk about the G League team and why I think it's more important for the organization development, but not for the players. Talk about uh, Blazers optimism, a reason why, the specifics on why I think they can get back into the mix quickly. Sponsored by someone who a conversation I had at Pickup Basketball. And then finally, we'll close the show with the two biggest question marks the Blazers face this summer. I think these are the two biggest unspoken questions and, quite frankly, unknowable questions that they will we will learn the answers to this summer. No one's going to tell us outright. But first, let's talk G League. On Wednesday, April 26th, the Trailblazers announced that they are going to debut a G League team in the 2023 season. They have acquired the right to own and operate their own NBA G League team that will play at the Child Center. That is a, the uh, gym at the University of Portland campus in North Portland. Just, uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from this here studio. Um, like equidistant from the G League team in the arena. I got trailblazers all around me. This is a big deal. This is a big deal because the Blazers have been at a competitive disadvantage for a long time by not having a G League team. Let's like kind of let's let's like let's rewind a little bit. Uh, Portland was one of the first teams to own and operate their own G League team. Like, but before this was a before this was commonplace. Before there were before everybody but Phoenix and Portland had a G League team. The Blazers were out in front of this when they had the Idaho Stampede that played in Boise. But Paul Allen didn't love how much money it cost to own and operate a G League team that didn't generate much revenue. You're not you're not just you're just not selling that much tickets, many tickets, you're not selling that much merch. It wasn't on TV back then. There was no like, you know, YouTube streaming or anything to supplement it. And it was in Boise. It was out of the market. So sending players there was inconvenient. So coupled with uh, Paul's disinterest in hemorrhaging cash and the GM at the time, Neil Olshay, is kind of just general lack of appreciation for the G League. He he would rather develop, he'd prefer to develop players in-house. Um, when the two-way contracts later came, he didn't, I don't think he really took the two-way, he didn't take advantage of the two-way contracts in the way that he could have. Like, Neil just preferred, stubborn fella, he preferred to do things his way and his way meant in-house. And once you lose the G League team, so it's like he wasn't really going to, like the owner didn't want to pay for it. And then since the GM wasn't super into it, they just, the, the it was never going to cross that that Neil was going to really, really push for a G League team. Uh, I reported on this a bunch during my time as a, on the Blazers beat. The the rub was not only that they wanted one back, but it needed to be close by because they wanted to be able to shepherd players to and from uh, like day of game, right? Like they didn't want to have to send people to, to 
Boise. They didn't want to have to send people to Spokane. They didn't want to have to send people to like even even Salem might have been too far away. Still an hour, but like might have been two or 40, 45 minutes, depending on where you are in Salem. Shout, shout out to North Salem legends. Uh, shout out to my shout out to my Kaiser folk. Uh, like it's depending on where you put it. It's like you don't want to be so it's too far to just like quickly go quickly schlep to. This solution is perfect. They play in North Portland. They're going to practice at the team's practice facility in Tualatin, and everything will be in-house. The Blazers will own and operate it. Now with a new regime, uh, Joe Cronin didn't use the G League this year. Didn't really use it. I, I thought Cronin might use it more than than uh, than Olshay did. He didn't really. Um, he, he barely utilized it. In fact, I think there were times that he could have sent John Butler and uh, Abu Baji to the G League, and you know he... It, uh, Joe Cronin chose not to do that. You know, he chose not to do that because he preferred to develop those guys in house. He wanted them to be there. That's kind of the same reasoning as, as very, very normal reasoning. Same reasoning as the previous regime that Joe Cronin was a part of. But now, according to ESPN, uh, the Blazers are fast tracking. This usually takes about 18 to 24 months to get a G league team, but they're like, let's go ahead and do this. We've, we've got the facility ready. We've got an agreement with the gym, uh, here in North Portland. It's going to be really, really valuable. Um, I think there is, there is value in it because of the Abu Bajis and the John Butlers of the world. Like clearly just need to play. Clearly just need to play and you play basketball games. You can send them to a game. They can practice in house. They can be around your coaches and then, and then they can, um, you know, go play a game in North Portland, something like six miles from the, from the Moda center or whatever it is, four, four and a half miles from the Moda center. I haven't mapped it. This literally, I'm literally just guessing, uh, for, it's close to the Moda center. Uh, like and and you know get real games in play against G League competition get seasoning and all of those things but more importantly you run your stuff so the the coaches you hire are your coaches the you know training staff you have is training staff that communicates across organizations so instead of sending like they did this year Greg Brown to the um what Ontario Clippers, formerly Aqua Caliente Clippers, the, the Clippers G League team in, in California, or sending to uh, John Butler to Stockton to play for the Kings G League team, where it's like, hey, we're going to find some spots for you, and you're just going to play basketball, but you're not going to run our sets. You're not going to run our language. You're not going to do all of the sort of the important things that's like the actual seasoning. Hey, we call switches black and blue. So we're if it's blueing the screen, we're going to switch. So you have that pattern recognition. Blue, 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 blue. Okay, we're going to switch it. Or, you know, if, if, if not the language, hey, we call a double drag 77. So when you hear 77 in your head, you know that that's two screens up high, set the screens in transition, get to the rim, or, you know, or pop depending on what your role is but that language stuff that matters i think it matters for the development stuff but not that much even the the best of the best g league development team which is by far the miami heat better than everyone else they're not churning like they they find undrafted folks and they put them in the incubator in sioux falls and they make it happen but teams that have long-standing g league teams like most teams that even like young teams that are using it i think oklahoma city is another good example of a young team of a team that's like really utilized the uh, oklahoma city blue it's not like they're finding gems, sending them to the G League and like make whole crafting them into players. They're putting raw players into the G League to develop a little bit who otherwise wouldn't get minutes on the in the in the NBA. It's not like they sent Josh Giddy there to like make it happen for him. He's good enough to play. Like good players are gonna be in the league. So it's more like fringe guys, your two-way guys, and particularly now with three two-way spots, you're going to have potential three two-way guys. Send them to the G League, let them play, have other players in the G League. So when you do decide to tank at the end of every season, you already have players at the uh, at your disposal who are in your development program who you've invested a little bit in. But I actually think the player stuff is a little bit overrated in terms of development. Like it's it's super, super it's a competitive disadvantage to not have it 
like if every other team's gonna have it and you don't that's bad <laughs> like, that's that's not good like you didn't do it like you you're doing yourself a disservice by not having it but Cronin and Cronin and the Allen estate now agreeing to invest in it. Really good deal. But I think it's a better deal for the non-players within the organization. What I mean by that is I think it's a really good way to put young coaches into an environment where you are coaching professionals. Telling them what to do, running scripting plays, playing in a professional environment. Um, you know, former Blazers coaches Dale Osborne and Nate Tibbetts came up in the G League. Uh current Oklahoma City head coach Mark Dagno he came up in the G League Jason Terry who's a um, who's an assistant in the league now he came up in the G League with with Denver's system like there is uh, there is some value in being able to have folks that are within your organization under your umbrella and hire them and put them on the G, G League staff or put them in the G League front office and let them make trades figure out contracts like it's not exactly the same as the NBA by any means but it's it is getting front office reps, calling, scouting, all of those things, managing players where you can have an incubator program, not just for players. I think it matters for players. I think it'd be better if Abu Baji and the John Butler juniors of the world got more reps. And I think that would accelerate their development. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely would. Valuable. There's, there's, there's value in that, particularly when they don't have to leave the team for a week. They can literally practice with the G League team practice with the NBA team, go play with the G League team, come back the next day, practice with the NBA, with the NBA team. Like it really, it works. That's for like contract guys, for G League guys, you can kind of schlep them in between and uh, they don't go anywhere. They're still in house. Like it's, it, there's some real value there. But having an incubator program for coaches so you can get them in your system, get them running what you want to run, get them using language you want to use and find out who can coach, who can make decisions, who's, who's good at... Um, you know, who's good at developing young players, who's good at communicating, all of those things, and the front office stuff, and saying, okay, you're, you've, you know, you've you've cut your teeth in the front office. You're a young young video uh, coordinator. Go go work for the RG League team. Go work for the North Portland Blazers and have them make it make it happen. And from there, we can bring you back into the NBA fold. And now you've had seasoning at a lower level, but you've had seasoning in the way we can monitor you, the way you can learn from your, you can learn more broadly from your mistakes because it's a little bit less competitive. Like teams don't want to win, but like, you know, winning the G League title is just, it's like, it's just different stakes, different stakes. I think it is for me from just my observations around the league, more valuable for your coach development, your in-house front office development, your, your, your developmental staff incubator program than it is for players. Really valuable for players, really important, like valuable for players. I remain not really valuable in my opinion, but valuable for players and just to have not be at a competitive disadvantage with the rest of the league. Super important. Kudos to the Blazers for finally making it happen. Can't wait until they um, tell us what the team name is. That's going to be super fun. And to go check out some games at the Child Center. It should be, should be super, super interesting. Okay, in the second segment, I want to share some Blazers optimism brought to you by friend of the program, Mike B. Uh, Mike B, straight up friend of mine. Uh, we had this conversation at Pickup Hoops on Tuesday night. This was this was a conversation. This was a conversation we had, and it inspired this next segment for real Blazers optimism. So, two mics chatting and finding a little bit of hope. Come join me in the second segment, of, second segment to find out what that hope is. But first, let me tell you about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So, 
The next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. So when you shop eBay Motors, you'll know that over 122 million parts that they've got to choose from will fit, and you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBay Motors. Motors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Let's keep it rolling. As promised, a conversation with friend of the program, Mike B. Mike, if you're listening, I didn't even tell you I was going to steal this conversation we had, but that's what happens. I'm out there chit-chatting about the Trailblazers, and then I'm turning it into content. Don't ever steal me in the wild and and uh, and talk to me about the Blazers because I will steal your good ideas for this podcast. Just kidding. Please talk to me about the Blazers in the wild. We make a lot of these, and the Blazers are not going to play a basketball game again until October, so I, I need your ideas. So here's a conversation that I had with Mike. He said, you know, I'm listening to the podcast and you've kind of convinced me that it's going to be really hard for them to be good with Damian Lillard on the roster. And I said, yeah, like I'm a pretty big doubter that with Dame, they can build a championship team because he's got a super expensive contract. He's 32 years old. It's like the the window is super narrow. You got to get really, really good from being a bad basketball team this year to really, really good by, you know, February, March, April of next year. Like it's, it is, it's just tough. It's tough. It hasn't really, it's very rare uh, in league history for it to happen. Basically in the last 15 years, it's happened once in Boston when they traded for Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Like that's what it takes, right? Trade for two Hall of Famers, one of which is like three years removed from an an MVP campaign. It's going to be difficult to pull off. But then Mike said, I think it might be easy for them to get okay pretty quickly and I said, I agree. And I actually have, have mentioned this in passing on the show is that I think the Blazers can get back in the thick of it pretty easily. Like, I think their path to, like, decent and competitive is is pretty pretty clean. Like, I, I think they were bad this year, I want to be clear. I don't think they were good um, <laughs> pretty much at any point after the first 15 games. Uh, it took a dive in the middle of November, and they never got out of it. They just, they just were not good. But Damian Lillard, really good. Uh, Shaden Sharp looks like he could be something special. Jeremy Grant, totally competent. Anthony Simons, if he's on the team, good. But if he's not, like, you know, um, hopefully they get something back in return. They've got draft picks. Like, I, I don't think they're 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 in, like, a world of hurt in terms of being competitive in the thick of it. And I wanted to, like, tease that out a little bit because uh, Mike B. and I were discussing, like, if you look at the rest of the West, there's no team that's just, like, such a wild juggernaut that you're like, well, you're never going to catch up with them in the arms race. I should also make this caveat. I am recording this towards the end of the games on Wednesday evening or the the first set of games on Wednesday evening. Kings, Lakers, uh, or Kings, excuse me, Kings Warriors has not tipped off. The Lakers are currently losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. So like if, if the Lakers come back, uh, maybe that'll, something will happen if like Demata Savonis gets abducted by aliens. Um, I just didn't cover it in this program because the, the game hasn't, the game hasn't happened yet. The game hasn't happened yet. But part of it is just like, if you look across the league, 
there's no, look across the West specifically, there's no crazy juggernaut. Denver, extremely good. Awesome big three who are all super young. Nikola Jokic is, you know, an all-timer. But they're shaky. Their depth is a little bit shaky. Like, I, I think they're a really good team that's going to be hard for the Blazers to catch. But the idea that they're, like, way the hell out in front is, like, true. They're way the hell out in front right now. But you could build a deeper team than them. They're just like, I don't think you're going to catch them with top-end talent. They're starting five rocks. But beyond that, they're shaky. They're, sh- they're, they're shaky depth. Like, I think they're like a, a tier the Blazers can't get to, to be sure. But even Denver, who's like young, super talented, incredibly good this year and might win the title, like they're not they're not so good with their top nine or whatever that you're like, well, what are you going to do? Like they're, they have some depth issues, albeit like they're a very, very good basketball team. Uh, Memphis, regular season juggernaut, they might have the reverse problem. They might have too many good players and not that top end talent, not like this, okay, here are the five dudes that we can absolutely go into game, go into crunch time and win with, right? Um, you know, Dylan Brooks is probably going to hit free agency this summer. I can't imagine they bring him back. I think they miss Kyle Anderson a little bit. Obviously, they're playing in the playoffs without Steven Adams and um, and and Brandon Clark and, and BC and, and, and Steve-O are really important to what they do. But I think Memphis, a little bit in this, um, you know, they're going to, I think they're going to win tonight. Let me look at the box score. It looks, it looks like they're going to win uh, this game, uh, barring a barring a big comeback from, from the Lakers. But like, you know, I think as good as they are and as young as they are, because their two best players are under 24, like they're, they're really good. They don't necessarily have this like top end going to win in the playoffs talent. And their half court offense is a little bit dicey in the playoffs. Like, again, I think this is, they're like a clear tier above where the Blazers can get, but they're not such a wild juggernaut that a good summer couldn't get you into like, Hey, get into a Memphis series, you know, and, and like kind of, I guess like talk yourself into it. I don't think like be favored by any means or even like have home court advantage, but like you could, you could say like, well, you know, they, they struggled as a two seed last year and all like, I, I, I think it's totally reasonable. Kings, super dynamic offense. Um, they just have so many ways to beat you on that end. I can't tell if they're like a team on the rise about to be good for five seasons or a team that like perfectly caught lightning in a bottle this year. And while De'Aaron Fox took this massive jump, they also won like a bunch of close games. And so if they lose a bunch of close games, they're more like the sixth best team in the West. I think they're really good to be sure. And they've been great in the playoffs so far. Game hasn't tipped off. So who knows? Uh, like, but like they've been really good to to date as of 6, 12 on, on Wednesday evening. Uh, like, so it's, you know, uh, I, I think I, I think the Kings, while talented, are 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 a tier the Blazers could get to. Again, like Denver and Memphis, probably a step above Sacramento, a tier they could get to. You look at the Suns; they might win the freaking title this year. They're incredible. Devin Booker is ascending to just in, just absurd heights. Chris Paul's thirty-seven, Katie's thirty-four. They're super top-heavy, and two of their players are going to be north of thirty-five next season. The Suns, like again, like might win the championship, but like doable the Clippers they just might not ever be healthy like Kawhi Leonard just might not ever be healthy um they probably should have been better than they were because of their depth but should have been healthy uh the Warriors an aging dynasty we'll see what happens with Draymond this summer and whether he like joins the Trailblazers or whatever but an aging dynasty not like just not as good or as deep as they once were and like dudes are older they're an incredible team dudes are older again might win the title but like dudes are older Lakers LeBron is an all-timer who also is 38 years old Minnesota, um, listen, Ant is, Anthony Edwards is, is 
going to be a super duper star in this league. He's one of the really, really, really bright young stars in this league. Um, th- you know, he's he's going to be very good and already is very good and has a chance to get better. But their roster just doesn't make sense. The roster's clunky. And it's also maybe stuck because they cashed everything in to build this clunky roster. You look at New Orleans. If Zion isn't a 65-game player, is New, Orleans be- is New Orleans a contender or are they just in the mix? I think they're in the mix. New Orleans in the mix. Minnesota, the Lakers aging, the Warriors aging, the Clippers never getting healthy, the Suns super, super top-heavy and a little bit older. I think in a regular season, the Blazers could build a competitive roster that puts them in this range, right? Like eight, eight, seven, six. Like I don't think it's that far off if they're a little bit healthy and they make the right moves this summer. And I think that's the thing. I don't think they can get into that championship level where it's like you, they go into the season or go into, or even at the trade deadline um, that they can make enough moves that you're like, yes, this team could beat Denver four times in a seven game series, particularly if they're on the road in, in Denver. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I probably feel the same way about Memphis, depending on the health of, of like Phoenix. And, and if LeBron ever ages in, in LA, there's like certainly teams where I'd be like, well, they're probably not going to beat them. But the idea that they couldn't be back in this mix, I think that's misguided. I absolutely think they could be there. And I like, I am, I am generally pretty skeptical that they can get into championship or talk me into championship tier, but I am very confident that they can get into this team is competitive and in the playoffs tier. And that's part of what I want to talk about to close the show. Two of the unknowns and the biggest unknowns that we might just never get an answer to is that what is Dame, what is Dame comfortable with? Like Dame wants them to go for it and go all in. And my question is like, what is what is good enough? It's one of the great unknowns because I think they can get to the middle pretty quickly. If the middle is not good enough, where are they, right? Like, where are they? That's one of the true unknowns, one of the true great unknowns. You're going to have to join me in the second segment to learn the other biggest unknown facing the Trailblazers this off season. But first, let me tell you about Ibotta. Look, watching your closet grow after purchasing all of this season's latest trends, you're getting ready for summer, you're stocking up, you're feeling good about tank tops and new shorts and new t-shirts, and then you're also watching your cash grow back with every purchase. That's right, it's Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, produce, personal care, pantry goods, either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 in real cash each year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use the cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. And you could earn two and a half times that back and cash from Ibotta, or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. And Ibotta's giving you real cash, not points. Other apps are giving you points that don't really amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account or to PayPal or to gift cards. So right now, Ibotta is offering my listeners $5 just to try Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Ibotta. 
I-B-O-T-T-A. We're spelling everything. Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use that code LOCKED. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. The two greatest unknowns facing the Blazers this summer. One I spoiled in the second segment to get you to follow me here. Now that you followed me, I'll tell you the other one. But first, let's talk about the one I already spoiled. The biggest, one of the biggest unknowns, one of the two biggest unknowns facing the Blazers this summer is what is Dame's level of comfort with them going all in? Uh, you remember I did the everydayers will know. Listen every day. That way you'll be disappointed when I miss an episode like I did this week. Um, listen, listen every day so you can send me an email and be like, hey, where's that at? In any case, everydayers will know that I did like a who, stay gonna, who, who stays, who goes. I put percentage on everyone coming or going. I, I had Dame at 91%. I'm a big believer that the Blazers are going to go for it going to give Dame what he wants. They're going to try to build this team around him and he'll be back. I truly believe it. Truly believe it. Believe it then, believe it now. It's just the way they've talked. Um, the sort of, uh, I'm not like, I'm not going to hit you with, with sources right now, but like, I believe it. I believe it for a variety of, for a variety of informed reasons. But Dame has also said pretty clearly that if they can't Get, that, that he knows what they want to do. He knows there's players who want to come here, but if they can't get stuff done, they might have to have a hard conversation about what's next. So the question and the great unknown is what's enough? What's enough? If they trade Amphrey Simons and, and the 23rd pick in the draft for like a decent player, you know, I, 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 I'm throw out, I guess I should throw out a name when I say a decent player, but like, a not quite OG and an OB level player, right? They get, I don't know, Herb Jones. That's like a, be a pretty good get. But like, let's just, let's just, just like that quality of player. Dude who's like, very good defensive player, never going to make an all-star team. Like, you know, promising, but like ca- caps out as your fifth best starter. And they start Shaden Sharp night one. And then, so it's like Dame, Shaden Sharp, amorphous small forward who they've acquired, Jeremy Grant, they trade, they trade Nurk, they get an okay center, they get Isaiah Hardenstein or whatever it is, right? And they're like a borderline playoff team, but they're different and they went for it and they cashed in and they got longer and bigger. Is that enough for Dame? Or is that not close, right? And then Dame's like, hey, you didn't get it done. Let's have that tough conversation. The unknown facing them for us, like for the viewing public here, is what is Dame comfortable with? You know that Damian Lord and Joe Cronin have talked since, I don't know, night one of last season with regularity about the direction they were going. When Joe Cronin didn't sign a center all year, I'm pretty sure he explained to Damian Lord why they didn't sign a center all year. When they decided to shut it down yet again, Dame knew it was coming. He basically openly talked about it at the post-game press conference that at some point he's going to have to play chess. And not play and tank and go for it. Instead, in fact, going to the All Star break, he did an interview where he said, like, the organization has goals that kind of frustrate him because he wants to play, but he knows that they've got goals. He's aware of the goals. He's aware of the plan, which means that he said, Hey, Joe, here's the dudes I want to play with. Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges at the top of the list. He's my best friend. I've called him, like, I don't know, best friend. He's a friend. I've called him the best uh, small forward or my favorite small forward in the league. Like, it's like, Top of the list. JB used to work for, the, we used to have the same agent back in the day. Give me Jalen Brown if you can. You know, like he's given the list, right? We, we don't need to run down. They know. But Dame has also said, knowing and knowing guys want to come here. Mikael Bridges says, please trade me to the Blazers. And Sean Marks with the Brooklyn Nets says, 
no. <laughs> like I no, I want I just I either want you on my team or I want a better deal or I'm going to hold out until Dame comes the other way. Whatever it is. The unknown is that we don't know what level of going for it makes Dame comfortable. And so if it doesn't happen around the draft and they can't get it done and then you enter free agency, do you have to have that conversation before you give Jeremy Grant five years and $150 million? Yeah, you do. That's the great unknown. What is Dame's comfort level? Joe Cronin knows. Dame's people know. Others might, but like we don't. As the viewing public, we don't really know what Dame's comfort level is. The other great unknown facing the Trailblazers as we close the show. It's how much Jody Allen's willing to spend. And I don't even want to put it on Jody Allen. I, I, I think it's like the Allen estate. How much is the Allen estate, Burt Cold and others, who are making decisions about the finances and how the Blazers are, are run financially, how much are they willing to spend? Joe Cronin has said in multiple interviews that if the team is competitive enough, they'd be willing to go into the luxury tax. What the hell does that mean? What's competitive enough? I think it makes sense from a financial standpoint that if a team is mediocre, you don't start the clock on the tax because it's going to cost you a lot of money. But if you are not willing to build an expensive roster to try to go for it, if, if there's a cap, like an artificial cap, like, hey, we're not going in, we're not, like, these are the only players we'd go into the cap for, you can never get there. If, and, and if there's a threshold that says, hey, we don't want to get to that second apron, we don't want to pay, we don't want to like, we don't want to be this far into the tax, blah, blah, blah. Like if, if the, the unknown about how much and what level is okay to go into the tax is probably the biggest factor for the Blazers this year. If they're not willing to, like if they're straight up not willing to spend kind of irresponsibly, they're probably not going to get it done with Dame on the roster. Dame's signed a max contract and get, pay him 35% of the cap when it, when it kicks in in a couple of years. You're going to have to pay Jeremy Grant this summer. You've already paid Yusuf Nurkic. You've already paid Anthony Simons. Even if you trade those dudes, you're coming back with the same amount of money and hopefully the same amount of years. Like you don't want to dip, you don't want to be a tax team and then have, you know, have guys that are entering, entering free agency. I mean, maybe you do because then you can sign them to long-term contracts, but you still want to like keep the money on the books. The Blazers' best way to get good is to have players on the roster and re-sign them. They're not going to be a cap space team. One, non-glamour markets don't sign uh, movable, like, like impact players in free agency. It's just like the nature of the league. It sucks, but it's the nature of the league. And two, they're just going to be an expensive roster, so they're not going to be a team that is a big players in free agency. If you're going to go for it, you got to go all in and you probably have to commit to spending a ton of money for a team that's like, well, this looks like this is not the, if everything breaks right, we're going to be the third best team in the West or fifth best team in the West. But you have to spend a ton of money to get there because you got to go all in. So the two unknowns, the two great unknowns, what is good enough for Dame and what is the ownership willing to spend? We've heard varying levels and we've heard that they will if they can they'll spend if they'll spend if it makes sense i don't think they have the luxury of waiting to find out if it makes sense i think if they're going to commit with this team they just have to be a really really expensive roster and then say whoops <laughs> and then at some point down the line if they have to make financial decisions but 
from my perspective, the billionaire estate that owns the team has to spend like a billionaire estate that owns the team and spend lavishly, or this team can't get where they want to go. And that's tied to the other part. Because if a team doesn't go all in financially, is Dame's comfort level, does that conversation, does, does that force a tough conversation? Does that force other decisions? You assume if they get, you know, if they can trade for Mikael Bridges or OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam or whoever it might be, yeah, cool. That, those, are, those are really good players and they'll pay for it. But if they're a rung down and they're trying to improve by being a rung down and they say, okay, but we can't go over the tax, then this, the team's screwed anyways. They're screwed anyways. They have to, if they're going to be competitive, they have to field an expensive roster. There, you you are not going to be able to do both because of the the cycle you're in. Like your best player who's on a rookie scale deal is Shaden Sharp. If you had several Shaden Sharps, you could probably get away with it, but but you can't. And when you are trying to placate and build with the franchise icon who's making a boatload of cash. You better be prepared to pay the rest of the roster. Those are the two great unknowns. Dame's comfort level and how much how much cash ownership is willing to shill out. Tomorrow's show, Eric Griffith of Willamette Week is going to join the program. We're going to talk about the Blazers offseason. A super sharp mind, great understanding of the CBA and contracts, and just a sort of a good grasp of the big picture stuff with the Trailblazers. Do not miss that conversation with Eric. It will be in your feed tomorrow's show. Tell your friends about this podcast. Yeah, that's the best way. To, that's the best way to share the show. Tell your friends about the podcast. Come back and listen to another one tomorrow. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>